name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Showing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. On tonight's show, it's speaking it real. Frank Carlos are talking about the current situation going on in Cuba, as well as so much more. The show starts now. Coming to you live from Clearwater, Florida. It's speaking it real. Here's your hosts, Frank Cuesta and Carlos Contreras. Well, 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 another Friday is upon us. Hey, everybody, good to have you with us tonight, Friday night. Um, you'd figure you'd be doing something better with your lives on a Friday night, but if you're here, great. <laughs> I'm Carlos, my buddy Frank, and we have a special guest uh, with us today. His name's Angel. We're going to go over uh, some of the things that have occurred during the week with regards to Cuba, some decisions made by the administration, some other uh, actions that are being taken by some other countries. Uh, I guess I also want to see, you know, the current state of things. I get a feeling that to a certain extent, the situation in Cuba, at least here, is losing its fizzle a little bit. And I, I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, um, <clears throat> but I'm not hearing as much as I did last week. And I don't know if uh, maybe it's uh, attrition. People are just kind of on standby waiting to see what may or may not happen. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, one thing's for sure. We do know that there are still protests. Hopefully they, the people on the island have not back down or slow down. Hopefully they're continuing to persist. If not, even take it up a notch because they're going to have to with the situation that they're in and the defenses that they do have. They cannot afford to back down or slow down if they want to try to make change in Cuba. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see <clears throat> if we can get some uh, more information. Um, Frank, how are you doing, buddy? Oh, my goodness. I been a crazy week uh, I I'm gonna tell you that I completely disagree with you I don't think things are fizzling down I think things are right where they were right. last week I just don't think that there is a lot of uh, media there's not as much media coverage at right. least maybe 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 not where you're at but I could tell you that you know here in Miami you you do see it you do you do hear about it um, I could actually tell you that today there was a, a, a fortilla of boats right. that left over to the coast of Cuba. Uh, supposedly around 7 o'clock at night, they were going to shoot fireworks so the people of Cuba to see them. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily... do deliver weapons. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, well <laughs> the thing is, uh, you do that, then you're, you're really... Um, 
<laughs> you're really uh, getting into some trouble there because the Coast Guard and everybody is is saying, "Hey, you're caught with stuff." I'm, I'm just that saying, you're not think... supposed to have. You're going to jail. If the people cross into the Cuban waters, they're going to get arrested. They're going to, you know, right, right. So right. They're, but, they're, but, but you agree that it's not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, I th I think it's a hell of an idea, but I mean, realistically, I wouldn't put myself in that predicament. You know, um, unless I'm actually going to be boots on the ground, yeah, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, just, um, you know, something, something to get things straight over there. You know, I, I do know that, um, this week, the, the Biden, the Biden administration did, um, make some changes on the, um, on, <clears throat> on some policies or, you know, yeah, they he put some sanctions on, I think, a couple of military leaders and I think one of the military squads or something. Correct. Correct. And, and uh, you know what? I mean, that's great, I guess. Uh, I think I'm going to ask Angel um, uh, some questions about that here in a little bit because, I mean, I'm not going to criticize Biden for trying to do something. Anybody, anything any president does to try to help Cuba, fine. You know, but... My question is really, does do these decisions really have an effect on Cuba, on the leadership? I mean, they're so sneaky, I, I don't know. And I think Angel will be able to provide some clarity for that. But at least he's finally awake at the wheel and he's doing something. And I'm not going to get into whole, you know, accusations about pandering and whatnot. Again, if you're going to do something to help Cuba, great. Will it help? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I think Angel will provide us some clarity with that going forward. So, Frank, why don't you tell everybody about our special guest? Well, we have uh, Angel Torella, correct? I pronounced it right? Okay. I'm sure if, sure if I pronounce it wrong, he's going to tell me. Let, don't <laughs> feel bad. I kill everybody's name. Um, so, he's he's um, he actually... <laughs> came from Cuba, I believe it was 17 years ago. He um he went from Cuba into Canada. But you know what? I'll bring him on. I'll let him just you know say you know introduce himself. Angel, you're on the mic. Okay, uh, thank you guys. And I would like to say first, thanks, thanks, thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to express uh, my opinions here. My uh, ideas here. So my name is Angel Torella. Uh, in Spanish, sounds a little bit different, but I won't actually force anybody to try. So in Spanish is Angel Torrella. So it sounds Torrella. very different. <laughs> so I'm from Cuba, uh, from Havana City. So uh, I live there in different places in Havana City. So originally from Old Havana, then Guanabacoa, then Cerro, Vedado, and the last uh, place was Kohima. So a very, very uh, interesting uh, small town, very, very close to Havana City. So I came to Canada 17 years ago, ago as a ski worker. So I applied for a ski worker program and I had the opportunity to come to this amazing country. Uh, I came with my family. I'm one of the few lucky ones that can say I travel. Uh, I left Cuba with uh, my family. So yes, I'm, I'm a lucky one. But was planned, actually was not 
just uh, that arrived to, to my hands. So I planned it for years. And uh, since uh, I arrived to Canada, uh, imagine the life of every immigrant. To make uh, the, the story short, because this is not about me, I'm a teacher, I'm an art teacher. So <clears throat> I'm an artist. I'm uh, graduated from uh, San Alejandro Academy of Art in Havana and uh, the Superior Institute of Arts also in Havana. Uh, right now, I'm uh, for the last uh, 15 years uh, being a teacher here in Canada, uh, teaching art and teaching lots of uh, computer, lots of Photoshop and that kind of things, and also dedicated to printing. So I do lots of uh, of my art printing. This is who I am. Okay, I'm basically a regular Cuban, uh, <clears throat> even when people don't know, because every time I tell uh, people here in Canada, I'm from Cuba, they say, but you're not black. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my, my skin uh, looks white. But my grandmother was uh, a mulata. <clears throat> so my oh, grandmother right. was a mulata. So everybody in Cuba has uh, some roots in Africa. And of course. Yeah. Very, proud, very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you, 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 you delivered that perfectly. <laughs> um, and and it, it's funny you say that because. Um, you know, when I left Miami, uh, I ended up in uh, <clears throat> in Venice. I started out in Sarasota before I ended up here in in St. Petersburg, and the you know it, it's very white American community, very nice people. But this is what happens when you're not well informed. So because I show up, my name is Spanish. I'm tall. I'm brown. The first thing, they <laughs> the first question is, are you Mexican? That's like the default Hispanic. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. once you leave Miami, you're Mexican until clarified. <laughs> the second question I have every time is, "Oh, then you like tortillas?" There you go. See. <laughs> oh wow! But you know, once you explain to them, and you know, they, they, you know, they're they're they're, they're nice, and 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 uh, it's just a matter of just not knowing. It's not about you know them being racist and all that nonsense no, no, we hear. No. You know no. that that's the angle everybody likes to push now. It's, and I'm like, it's, just, oh, no, it's garbage. That's yeah, garbage. It's just, it's just because uh, I would like to illustrate uh, what happened about uh, Canada and what they know about Cuba. So they know very little, nothing. So they know about Varadero, the resort in Varadero. Everybody seems to know about Varadero. <laughs> I know Varadero. <laughs> My mom no. won't stop talking about Varadero. So uh, you were talking about uh, what is happening uh, during this week uh, about Cuba. And uh, you, you mentioned uh, all this uh, new uh, because it's actually very new, the change uh, from the uh, Biden government and how they are turning uh, almost 180 degree, pretty much. Two days ago, he was talking about giving uh, 
more uh, benefits to uh, the regime, not to the Cuban people. And uh, now he's actually turning. Uh, if you ask me, it's enough? Of course not. This is just a, a salute to the flag. That's it. That, wow. I, I, I joke with my uh, uh, Cuban friends here around. I said, you know what? If a bird just drop on any cars they have in Havana, will be more damaging than what Biden is saying. So yes, a bird, so, a bird yeah. drop will do more to the regime in Havana You're talking, yeah, so the Cuban government is down to reserve money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask a question. <clears throat> um, Marco Rubio gave a speech the other day, and he was talking about all the countries that trade with Cuba, all the money that's involved, <clears throat> and how basically the U.S. embargo is like this, that, this that. much of a problem or a significance with regards to Cuba's situation. So, and I urge people to look it up. Um, I actually found it right here. If you guys want, look up Rubio on Senate floor. Cubans aren't protesting because of an embargo. I don't care if you like Rubio or not. I don't care what your politics are. But uh, Angel heard it. I heard it. And I tried to verify it with him just to make sure that Rubio wasn't just being a politician. And I think Angel agreed that for the most part, Rubio was 100% correct on everything he was saying. And all he was laying out were the details and the facts of the amount of money and countries that Cuba does trade with, including the United States. That is yes. the, first, the first partner in business right now that Cuba has, if you don't know. It is the United States? Yes. So the <laughs> awesome. That you know, I'm glad you said that because you still have a lot of idiots out there walking around thinking the embargo, and it's okay. like uh, right now I can tell you the first partner that they have in business is U.S. Wow. Wow. All right. See that the more you know. How about that? So that's a good speech though for everyone to listen. But back to what you were saying, with so much trading that Cuba does do, <clears throat> and, you know, why are they running out of money like that? What, what is going on that I, I'm not aware of or I'm not seeing? Okay, imagine that you have a farm 
Okay. Okay. And whatever money your farm is uh, producing, mm -hmm. they are pocket and they are spending in uh, luxury cars, traveling, whatever. So what will happen to your farm? Yeah, it'll fall it's apart. <clears throat> so this is exactly what has been uh, happening for uh, over 62 years, almost 63 years. So they don't uh, invest in any infrastructure. So you can see Havana City, uh, a picture 1959 and 2021, and you can match the picture perfect. I said this last week. <clears throat> Remember, I, Frank, I said that if, uh, from what I heard, if you visit Cuba, it's like entering a time machine or a time warp where it's still 1959, even though we're in 2021. Yeah, with the difference that there is no Correct. more stores, <clears throat> there are no uh, advertisement. I mean, uh, commercial advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is destroyed. Looks like uh, uh, a city after uh, an attack, uh, bombing a city. This is what the picture that you have there. And there is, it's funny. <clears throat> Somebody mentioned a few years ago in 1990s, a journalist from Germany visit Havana. And she was an ignorant. <clears throat> that she said, is criminal what the Americans did to Havana. And the guy that was with the journalist said, why? Look how many bombs they drop <laughs> in Havana. Wow. I said, Havana City never, ever have been in war, never, ever received a bomb since 1776 when the British took the Havana City. Since then, not a single bomb has been dropped on Havana. And she said, and then what is that? They don't care. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They, neglect. they never invest in a single infra infrastructure. So you can match, I mean, the buildings, they match the ones that disappear because many buildings disappear are empty lots there. But you can match. And it's amazing. Get any city. You see Panama City, uh, 1959 and 2021. Oh, I've seen Panama. Hey, yeah, Andrew. I've seen pictures of Panama City. It looks really nice. <laughs> hey, um, um, I hold on. This has a question. I, I, yeah, what, and what? I'm gonna kind of, I, I'm, I'm gonna get to that right now. Um, Liz Cuesta Fraga here has a question, which I'm sorry, that's not it. Where she's asking you, how do you know that? And I'm gonna. Figure, I think she's asking regarding the U.S. being their number one business. Correct. Partner. Now right. I'm gonna. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you this, and I mean, as you're speaking, if you notice, I wasn't really looking much at the camera. I was looking elsewhere. And not to really go against you or, you know, but what I what I'm looked up, and, and I just looked up, you know, does anyone trade, you know, does anyone trade with Cuba? Okay, so what, I, what I'm looking at here says Cuba has been a member of the World Trade Organization since 1995. The European Union is Cuba's largest trading partner, and the United States is the fifth largest exporter to Cuba. 6.6% of Cuba's imports come from the United States. Now, I have something else on here that says Venezuela is the, Cuba's primary import partner is Venezuela. The second largest trade partner is Canada with 22% of the share of the Cuban export market. <laughs> um, the Secretary of Press uh, from Biden uh, government, 
she actually gave uh, some uh, numbers a few days ago in a press conference and she was actually providing all the numbers if anybody wants actually to uh, research more in these numbers and she was actually given uh, probably a year ago was a different country but I can tell you right now in this moment that we are talking the first business partner that Cuba has <clears throat> is States. It's not any other country. So, you got this information from Jen Saki? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll look at it. it. We'll verify it. So, well, Angel, you know, just so you, just so you know something, Angel, real quick. This show, we just talk organically. None of us pretend to be experts. And sometimes somebody will say something and we'll say, hey, we'll verify it. We'll look it up later because we don't we don't try to know everything, but we're just trying to inform not only ourselves, but everybody who's watching. So by all means, if, if he says Saki said it, we'll look it up. Let, let me ask you. She even mentioned that she said, if you want to actually check all these numbers, you can go to the government uh, website, U.S. government website, and all the numbers are actually reflected there. And if you want even more, you can actually download all the PDF with all the contracts. Wow. Okay. Then the information's out there. And then she probably told you to circle back with her once you did. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you, what do you think about damn it, I lost it. Hold on, I'm sorry. Um Mexico, right? Mexico no, no, is sending yeah, it's breaking. No, up no, no. All right, Mexico is sending two boatloads of food, medical aid to Cuba. Do you, would you agree with that? Would you disagree with that? What What are your thoughts on Mexico helping out with food, medical aid? Uh, Do you think it's going to go to the people? Do you? Okay, what will happen for sure, as I said uh, at the beginning, they are using right now the reserves. So whatever is getting into Cuba right now as a donation. They won't give it to the people first. They never did. They never did. In over 62 years, not a single right. free item has been delivered to Cuban people there. And I remember buying oil, rice, <clears throat> milk, with a sign that said, donation to the Cuban people. Do not sell it. This is not for sale. And I remember buying this using American dollar to buy this milk, this rice, all these products. Never ever the regime gave to the Cuban people anything, nothing, none. So the regime has been receiving help for many, many years and not a single item, not a soap, not a, a a kind of beans, nothing, absolutely nothing, ever. And if you have one, show me. That will be actually the first one in 62 years that the regime gave something to the Cuban people. They receive all this donation and they sell it. Right now, I won't believe that they will sell it. You know why? Because they are using the reserve. So what they do in order to keep this regime <clears throat> Uh, in power, because they are in the business of power. That's it. Simple. And then what they need is they need the reserve, always fill it. And then if they get more, they will start selling to the people, but not even in Cuban pesos anymore. They will be selling in American dollar. Now they don't 
are selling even in American dollar to make people's life there more miserable. They are selling now everything in euros. So you need to get euros first, and then you can buy if you need a soul, if you need something like that. So <clears throat> donation that is getting to the Cuba soil, the regime will steal it. And they will first fill the reserve. And what is the reserve? Okay, everything that they need to keep the regime working. So police first, the army, repression, everything first, then they need to put everything in their houses. Yeah, the government people, they fill everything in their houses. And then if there is something extra, they will sell to the Cuban people. Never will be free. They never gave a single item free to the people. Never, ever in over 62 years. Not even right now that we have the pandemic there, really really bad so what's happening right now if you want uh, we can talk this about this later because this is like a, another layer of problems that we have there <clears throat> so uh one quick question <clears throat> uh i just wanna i'm still trying to understand this so the cuban regime is down to their reserve money now i mean there's only so much that the cuban regime can spend their money on but I guess it's enough for them to be almost out of money. Where Where is all their money going? Do you know? Yeah, I know. What What's going on there? Uh, banks. Just banks? Yeah. They owe, the Cuban government so owes a lot of money. Yeah, they oh. owe a lot of money to a lot of countries. That's yeah. they have, why I have a hard time trading. They, hide, they, they have been hiding this money for decades, since 1960. So saving this money in banks, international banks. So the Vatican is the first. And we have some uh, good Cubans in Europe that they have uh, amazing information about these uh, bank accounts in uh, the Vatican. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, this is kind of real saucy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So also Switzerland. Uh, Cayman Islands, uh, different, uh, you know, this paradise where nobody asks where the money is coming from. Mm. And they, they laundry this money and they try to buy to buy properties. They are buying right now lots of properties in uh, France, uh, UK, uh, Spain. They have many, many properties right now in Spain and a lot of properties in the States and Canada too. So it's so, all just it's all just for them. It's all yeah, just for them. Absolutely everything. Yeah. So, so that's kind so, of why. You know, just to illustrate uh, something, just to let you know, uh, there is a, a, a city in Cuba, Guantanamo, is uh, in the east side of the island, right. and uh, it's actually a very, very poor town, very, very depressed. It's terrible there, and there is one ambulance for the city. And doesn't work. Okay, doesn't work. Hold on, hold on. They have one ambulance. The whole city of Guantanamo, they have one ambulance and doesn't work. Do you know how many uh, police cars they have there? 600. Oh, 600. <laughs> so, yeah, 600 like military cars, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. One ambulance and 600. Uh, cars to to uh, just repress 
I'm glad he said that, Frank, because I, I was kind of under the impression that that's where his answer was going to go regarding Mexico, which is you could send Cuba anything you want. The people who are supposed to be getting these quote unquote supplies and all this aid are not going to get it, at least not for free. Look, you know what? Um, Laura, which I believe is his daughter, correct? Yeah. Laura, okay. My- she 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 had a comment saying that last last year there was five containers sent of donations through Christian charities or churches or whatnot or the other right, and I could tell you, funny enough, today we were talking at my job or I was talking I was just overhearing everybody because I I just started a new job and I'm still new so you know I still don't know people but I listen to everybody talking, so and you know they were talking about that where this lady has sent medicines to cuba okay and um and really she's like well they got part of the medicine and they're still waiting to get the rest of it and we're looking at this was back they were set in february you know so when you look when you look at that it's obviously the government is keeping stuff you know that should be for the people yeah uh today just today, I'm not talking 20 years ago, today, good Cubans in Europe, they uh, actually gather uh, medicines and syringes and uh, antibiotics, every mm-hmm. type of medicine. They make uh, some container and they send it to Cuba. And now they are protesting because the government captured uh, this container and they will be selling for sure. All right, so l- l- let me ask you something else yeah. here. Let me finish uh, the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go to the liquor store here and I see Havana Club, uh, I like Havana Club. I think it's a nice uh, Cuban rum. I never, ever will buy it. And many Canadian friends say, why, why you don't buy your rum? I said, because if I buy this rum, somebody in Cuba never actually drink it first never will drink it second my people in cuba never will see the money that i'm paying for this rum yeah so they mm-hmm. won't see the rum they won't see the money so every time i see lobsters from cuba shrimps from from cuba mangoes from cuba i don't buy anything from cuba because they try to export everything people starving there and then they sell this in different countries. There is no embargo for that. And then they get the money, and the Cubans never will see the money. This yeah. is reality. Right, because, I mean, obviously, you're in Canada, so you're able to get, you know, whatever whatever Cuba exports to Canada, you know, which I, I can tell you that out here, we really don't see it. You know the most the most you know Havana Club you see will will be from people that actually go 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 to the island and they and they bring a bottle back or two bottles or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, what what I want to get to a little bit is um, we've seen the protests here in Miami, we've seen the protests in you know in Tampa, throughout Florida, throughout different cities in in the United States. Okay, 
are the protests in Canada the same as what they are out here? Or are there people not really protesting much? We are protesting now for many, many days. Uh, you see some posters in the back. Those are the ones that I'm printing because I have this, this baby. And this baby is working full time for <laughs> So I'm printing posters there and we are protesting. We have um, a protest this uh, Sunday. So we have the permits, everything. So the police will be actually uh, escorting us, closing the streets, <clears throat> and we will do in downtown another protest because we did already several ones. Last Sunday, we did one beautiful, that was amazing. Uh, we, we actually made lots of uh, noise in downtown. Some people uh, were not I happy. think I saw that one. I think uh, your daughter was live on Facebook, and I think I saw that one. So some people, uh, we have to educate people. That's why we are doing the protest, uh, to support uh, our people in Cuba, but also to educate people here, because they know nothing about Cuba. Nothing. Believe me, nothing. They can't even point Cuba in a map. And I, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. Angel, don't All right. So, yeah. so I mean, going... Mm -hmm. Go ahead, protests here are exactly as uh, Cubans protesting in uh, Miami or Madrid. We That's ask good. the same. We That's ask good. for freedom. We don't want medicine. We know what happened with the medicine that we sent to Cuba. If that the problem, I wish that would be the problem. I wish. So it's not about uh, arms. We don't want more arms. We don't want more uh, donations. We don't want to use clothes. No, what we want is freedom. We want to work in Cuba, like in any country, free country, and then you can make a life from uh, working. Because in Cuba, if you don't know, nobody lives from uh, the salary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah. So, so going on to things a minute, we do got to take a, a little break here. We got to pay some bills. But look, after a long day of work, the last thing you want to do is think about financials. That's the last thing I want to think about. But thanks to Rocky Hill Accountant, okay, they have me covered. I don't got to think of anything financial. They take care of everything. Check these guys out. All right, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax planning, investment troubles, and any confusion when it comes to managing your finances and money. Here at Rocky Hill Accountants, our team has a combined 35 years of experience and will help you do it right. We're dedicated to your needs and will deliver on a result that is professional and trustworthy. Our firm is large enough to offer a full range of professional services, but small enough to give you the individual attention that you deserve. Our business portfolio includes thousands of prepared tax returns for individuals, families, partnerships, businesses, and more. The team at Rockdale Accountants are also thoroughly trained in tax laws and procedures. We have the ability to represent taxpayers before the IRS when they arrive at collections, audits, and appeals. This allows us to offer our accuracy and audit guarantee to tax clients. Please visit our website at RockyHillAccountants.com or give us a call at 860-257-4238 to schedule an appointment. And we're back. So, back. yeah, real quick. Hey, look, if you're listening to us, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, 
you know, wherever wherever you get your streaming platform, make sure that you are sharing Speaking It Real podcast, Speaking It Real, you know, Facebook, Speaking It Real on YouTube. You know what? Share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Share it with your feminists. Share it with your brother, sister, whoever you want to share it with. You know what? Just share it. Let's, let's get the word out that Speaking It Real supports Cuba. We support you know, freedom of speech, you know, you know, you, you just, you speak it real, you talk, you know, that's, that's all we do here. We talk, speak it real. We're not experts. We give our opinions and you know what, whether you agree with us or whether you don't agree with us, you know what, we're always going to speak it real and speak from the heart. And one thing that we do on this show, whether we agree with you or not, we're always going to respect your opinion. All right, and if and if we feel you're wrong in what you're saying, we're gonna politely correct you, and we're gonna fact check you. I couldn't have said that better myself, Frank. Very good, very good. Hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, it's great. Hey, uh, Angel, you want to know um, what I want to get into a little bit is what was your life as a child when you were in Cuba? We know, you know, you. You were, you know, you were born, you know, I think you told me 1958 or very close to it. It was right after, you know, the, the whole dictatorship or one or the other. So what was, what was your life, you know, in Cuba? Oh my God. Sorry. No problem. I was born, uh, born in 1963. There we so go. Already, uh, there were, uh, four years of, uh, dictatorship. And uh, yeah, living in uh, really, really bad conditions. So was a time I remember the last uh, ice cream uh, shop uh, closing down. So I remember going for the last time, uh, being a kid, five years old, going to this ice cream uh, <clears throat> corner store that I used to or my parents used to take me there. I remember the last day I got a tantrum and I throw the ice cream on the floor because I don't want that flavor, but was the only one they had because things were going just down and down. And then I throw the ice cream to the floor and that was actually the last ice cream for many years. So <clears throat> living in a, in a place was a building <clears throat> old Havana, no running water, uh, no elevator, and was uh, a very, very high building, no elevator, no running water. Uh, we had no uh, electricity every time, so blockouts very often, and even was a privileged area because old Havana was privileged back then because they had many ministries there and they try not to turn off the light there. But <clears throat> eventually we moved to a, a small farm, really, really small farm in uh, Guanabacoa. It's a, <clears throat> it's a very, very poor uh, town. Imagine that uh, was first uh, Aborigines living there, then uh, African slaves, and then Cubans. So never Guanabacoa never was actually prosper. So a very poor uh, environment and living in a, in a house there that at the beginning had no, uh, you know, hydraulic 
uh, tiles. We were living on just soil there. Uh, living, uh, I remember having one pair of shoes uh, for years, and I used to inherit from my older brother, and I used to pass it to my younger brother. So the same, imagine the same T-shirt going from one to the other. And I remember going to school with uh, my shoe completely destroyed or so small that hurts. I remember, <clears throat> I remember going to school with uh, shoes that were too small and hurting. So was a very, very uh, poor uh, childhood, very poor is what can I say. Uh, I remember having a, a toy once a year. So then uh, we eventually had a situation. Uh, Fidel Castro wants the farm. Yeah, that was a, Say that again. Fidel Castro right. wants, wants our farm. Oh, he wants the farm. All right, I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. One day I remember that was the first time I met him. Yeah, I saw him there. And uh, he put his uh, ugly hand on my head and my uh, younger brother head. How old and, were you when that happened? Uh, seven, eight years old, more or less. Okay. And um, so I'm, I'm going to assume that at that point you were going to school. Um, the school was teaching you the how communism works, or feeding you all all the bullshit that they fed you. So in and Cuba, in Cuba, let me tell you, uh, there is not education. There is indoctrination. It's different. So this is not education. They teach you how to read, and then they tell you which book you will read. This is not education. Education, I'm a teacher, okay? Education means open students' mind, expand students' mind. This is what I do every every day, every single day. And uh, there in Cuba, we can't actually talk about education. It's more indoctrination. And everything is actually uh, spinning around uh, this. Uh, the leader, the revolution, before revolution, too bad, too bad, too bad. After revolution, good, good, good. It's really, really good. We are happy here. We we are very happy. Uh, kids all over the world, they are dying. They are starving. You are lucky that we have this leader. So this is actually what they do in school. <clears throat> well, then uh, <clears throat> they want the farm. Why they want the farm? Because in, even being a tiny farm, we had their uh, food, we had uh, avocados, we had mango, we had guava, we have everything because Cuba is amazing. It's a paradise where you can plant anything and you don't need to actually care too much. You will get in a few weeks and months, you will have the results there. And many people used to live from this farm. So all around the farm, where uh, really, really poor people living, and there was actually a source of food for many people. And this is how a communist system can control people, by food. And so you just took it. 
And what they did, they, they said that they want to expand a factory because we had in one side a factory. And they said that they want to expand this factory. And that's why we had to go. So <clears throat> we pay no rent because it was our farm we inherit from my uncle and they said you had to go and then they uh were trying to push out out of the, the farm uh intimidating us they use a really really uh terrorist tactics like uh, people stealing from the farm they used to send people with a trucks full of sand and then dumping the truck full of sand with the wind, so looking that the wind will actually move the sand toward the house. They used to, uh, okay, all type of things you can imagine trying to push us out of the farm. And meanwhile, they were looking for some house. They say, okay, we have a house here. Was not a house, was a cave, what they were offering for us to move. And we said, no, my, my uh, father was actually very, very firm and he actually was uh, uh, fighting against these people that they want just to take <clears throat> from the government. Eventually, we had to go. It was impossible to keep the situation. They even used to uh, release some criminals inside the farm. We had a couple of situations, criminals getting inside the house, imagine. Uh, then we, we moved to a house that they assigned to us in uh, Verado and we had to pay rent to the government. So we had a farm that was ours. And now you're paying rent. rent in some tiny property because they wanted to expand the factory. And so just like that. What they did to the farm, they used a TNT for the big trees and they just- Blew the trees out. Blew uh, everything. We have their avocados, uh, 200 years old trees. You have no idea how big these avocado trees used to be. Just imagine the amount of avocado, mango, guava, lemon. Just down. They just cut everything. They cut it using, uh, you know, bulldozers. They just kill everything. And you can check now in Google <laughs> what is there. They never build a factory. They just destroy the source of food that we had there. So then uh, living in a big city, so just uh, I try to focus on uh, my career. I always love art and I uh, just uh, get into uh, San Alejandro Academy for mm -hmm. finance. And I actually became an artist, then a teacher, then I went again to school to the superior uh, studies, also in fine arts. And uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, well, I got married, got kids. Uh, then uh, I moved to Kohima. That was the last place I lived in Cuba. And uh, <clears throat> I uh, had one house that I built from uh, down everything. I built it with my own hands. So I'm an artist. And uh, I built this house uh, with my own hands. And then I had to also, I got the opportunity to get inherited another house very close there, side by side almost. And I had actually 
a better situation in terms of space for myself to work and even renting one of the houses. <clears throat> but when uh, <clears throat> I found this program to immigrate to Canada, I always want to move out of Cuba because of freedom. That was uh, the problem. So when people say, what are you doing here? Because that's the only question I got every time. When I said, I'm from Cuba, what are you doing here? Look, the weather is terrible. I, I never came for the weather. <laughs> I never came for the weather. I came for freedom. I was going to ask you, how do you handle those <laughs> the cold in Canada? <laughs> every time. That's the third question. The I, first know, I know it's not important. Trust me. In the big picture, it is not important. But it's uh, interesting considering the weather in Cuba is a lot like Miami, yeah. and you're in Canada now. <laughs> yeah. And they said, what are you doing here? Freedom. I came for freedom, and guess what? I found it. So when I decided to leave Cuba, uh, the government took my house. And uh, the last picture that I have from Cuba and I will take this picture with me uh, to the grave, and I will actually pass to my uh, kids and my grandkids. The last picture that I have of Cuba is not a beautiful beach. It's not over there. This is not the last picture that I have. The last picture that I have is a fat lady, that big, huge. She was huge and that short. So it was better to jump her than going around. She was. <laughs> that. That, so, so, that is so wrong in many ways. So, that fat lady from the government, she was taking a, a list, listing all my properties, everything that I had inside the house, including my art, including my own art. And that lady was listing in a paper everything. And the last picture that I have is that lady counting my spoons on my kitchen. This hold on, Angel, Angel, hold on. Frank, remember I mentioned this last week. I told you about my cousins telling me a story about how the military and government officials would come in and count everything down to your last fork. I thought that might have been an exaggeration. He no. is telling me the exact same thing, which verifies everything I've heard. Man, if a fork was missing, you were in trouble. You were in trouble. A fork. Yeah. Oh, so this, okay. This is the picture that I have in my own kitchen. That fat lady that barely she fit inside the kitchen. That's why I remember the picture. That fat lady barely fitting inside the kitchen, mm -hmm. counting my spoons on the countertop. This is the last picture that I have from Cuba. So, I uh, my childhood was also very very. Uh, affected by many things uh somebody in my family was actually uh killed by che Guevara. he shot him in a square okay. huh. idiots consider him a hero around here uh they, they wear his picture on a shirt they yeah. think he's some revolutionary it's 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 there's plenty of ignorance to go around they're just uneducated and they don't know but uh that's terrible to hear. Um, well, Aurelio Martinez Ferro was his name. And this is the only thing that remains uh, from him. A small picture and uh, his name. That's all. So there is not a, a graveyard you can go 
nothing. So he was uh, killed by Che Guevara in uh, La Cabaña. And my whole childhood was actually listening about all these stories. I have another uncle <clears throat> actually uh, in the list to be killed as well in a different location in Cuba when, uh, I don't know if you heard about uh, the Escambray, when uh, Cubans just tried to fight using uh, guns against uh, the regime and they were all uh, killed or in prison. And my uncle was actually helping uh, these people. And uh, he was actually already for being uh, killed. And uh, they put a group of uh, farmers, because he was a farmer. His crime was actually not even fighting. His crime was just supporting those yeah, people. And that was his crime. Mm -hmm. Saying, oh, I, I, I agree with them. That's <clears throat> And they put him in a kind of a, a place where you put cows and uh, pigs that you want to sacrifice. You put them there. And they were actually there with uh, some wires around preventing them to escape. And uh, one of uh, the fire squad member was actually his cousin. So, Andrew, let me ask you a question. I saw an article today <clears throat> about... A report of, I guess, casualties from the protests. It said one person was dead and a hundred are missing. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's accurate. I'm pretty sure any information that comes from Cuba is probably incorrect. However, what I want to ask is, you know, us growing up hearing the stories, we heard about the firing squads, we heard about uh, the killings. And to many Americans, they hear that and they think, oh, that's an exaggeration. <clears throat> uh, but you've just verified it. But I guess the question I have is, does that still happen frequently today, like it did back in the 60s and 70s? No, uh, not in the same way. So they are more sophisticated now. Back in the 60s, they were brutal. So just... They didn't care. Remember uh, the speech of Che Guevara in the UN. We are killing, we'll be killing, and we will still killing as long as we need it. This is what Che Guevara said in the UN, in front of the whole countries, and everybody was like, ah. yeah. and they did, and they did nothing like they nothing. usually. Right. So what happened right now? Uh, they are very sophisticated right now. So they learn from the KGB, uh, they learn from the Stasi, and they are good students. They are applying all the techniques, and they can kill you without killing you. Simple. They can make you disappear, and nobody will know ever about you. And they will actually uh, fabricate any uh, case against you. <clears throat> they can put you. Let me tell you, literally, they can put you in a bed with a kid. You make with a kid in a bed, they will record you and they will use it against you. Wow. So we find very often uh, very important people supporting this regime, uh, artists, actors, uh, singers, <clears throat> scientists, writers. They say, well, it's possible that somebody smart 
right? Well-educated can actually support this regime. Okay, 90% of the time, they have something from this person. And many times it's a video of this person doing something. So whoever goes to uh, Havana and you go to any hotel, all hotels are just with cameras recording in every room they want. They can just drug you. You never will notice. You never will know that you were drugged. And they will put in your room a kid, and they will film you with a kid in bed. Hold on a second, Angel Frank. You had a question? Well, I think a lot, a lot of, you know, when you look at these artists, when you look at these people that support the regime, okay, because that, because that's what it is. A lot of it is, is because they've been fed it, they've grown up in it, okay? It's not like my parents, you know, or, or our parents, pretty much, okay, that that actually saw that change. In, in Angel's case, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, his parents, when he, when he was going to school, you know, will, he, he would come back home and be like, hey, you can't believe this, gar this garbage. You know, so that's just part of the, the whole brainwashing of this system that when, when, when you grow up in it and your parents don't, you know, go against it, you become it. You become that system. And 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 I think and and I think a lot with the the generations, you know. Hey, look, you don't have that old time generation that went through the change. You have people that are already living in it. Then they have kids. Their kids have kids. So you know the the you know it goes down. So then it takes it takes for this new school of Cubans that their parents, you know. Are the ones that are telling them, "Hey, no, this is not what it is," you know, and 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 a lot of like now with this movement, when you look at it, this movement was started. It wasn't started by the people in Cuba. It was started a lot by artists that have fled Cuba. So you know, when you grow up in that regime and and you don't have the backing at home, you're gonna believe what's there. Uh, am I right or am I, you know? <clears throat> I I do remember uh, arriving home uh, with some whatever from school, and I remember my parents uh, most of the time uh, terrified. Terrified not because they knew they knew the type of kids uh, we, we were. All my siblings as well. We are five, and uh, I remember coming back from school, and my parents were terrified. Not because they believe that they will be becoming some like those people, but terrified that we would find eventually that that was a, a big lie. And I remember using a, we had a very old radio, but was really good uh, capturing a station from uh, Florida and the BBC from London. And I remember uh, listening, I, I'm talking about guys uh, 13 years old. So imagine a 12, 13 years old kid, instead of uh, trying to listen, I don't know, music, whatever. I were actually very interested in listening 
from outside. And I remember listening to one station uh, telling uh, Cuban people, fight, fight, put bombs, whatever, fight, fight. And I remember my father uh, came into the room and I had that station. It was from Alpha 66. Do you know that? Ooh, you guys? I yeah. remember. I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, Alpha 66 is a, is a, is a hot <laughs> topic in Cuba. Yeah. And I've been listening actually at uh, this uh, station in, uh, in my room. And my father uh, went into the room and my father was like a pale, keep panic, keep panic. <clears throat> As, uh, again, uh, we had in the family always disgust about uh, <clears throat> uh, the family that was killed by Che Guevara and my uncle that almost got killed. He saved his life because one of the members in the fight square was actually uh, his cousin. And he said, what are you doing here? Go. And let him go or I wouldn't ever met my uncle. So <clears throat> I remember the face of my father. He was <clears throat> pale, like uh, this white wall that you see there. And he said, please, he said, please don't do it because he knew. And uh, he said, please don't do anything. Was a campaign to do graffiti in the street. And I said, yeah. And I did, actually. He never knew. <laughs> I said, I promise, I promise. I promise. But uh, yeah, <laughs> he never knew, but I did. <laughs> walking around Cuba with some testicular fortitude. <laughs> I, never, I never, ever, he never knew. That, uh, I did. Amazing. So, <clears throat> I mean, hey. Uh, you know, I commend your bravery, but yeah, I understand your dad's position. I mean, he just wants you to be safe and sound, and you're doing everything to to upset <laughs> upset the government. And then, and then I uh, understand. Uh, the next problem is uh, your 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 kids. So you you went through all this, and then uh, <clears> your <throat> that's the next. So after living generation after generation. So my, my parents, uh, <clears throat> they were, before Castro took the government, they were actually supporting Castro. So my mother was part of a uh, uh, July 26th uh, movement, uh, just uh, giving flyers in the street. And she was actually sometimes in a very, very dangerous situation. Batista was not an angel, and he used to kill people too. Right, my, right. My father, he he was uh, uh, very uh, tied to the army at the very beginning of the revolution, and uh, he used to go home with a uh, AK and and uh, uh, green uh, uniform. But very soon, very soon, they just got it. Said, "This is not what we thought about." And they quit everything. My my father quit the army, and my mother never actually were uh, linked to the government or something like that. We were always uh, that family that very respecting the neighborhood, just honest workers, and uh, but never actually we had any kind of you know. Angel, you just said something that that I was hoping I could ask you, and you kind of said it. <clears throat> uh, I last week I know I kind of gave everybody a brief uh, 
review of the of the way things happened in Cuba. Batista was elected. Then when his presidency expired, he didn't leave. So he became a dictator. And then Castro started drumming up support. He even had support from the United States yeah. and eventually took over. My question, I guess, and this is probably one thing I have not heard, and I think it's interesting for everyone to kind of hear. And you don't have to be, you know, give too many details, but when did, because your dad, I think what you just explained about what your dad said is, is what I want to understand. When did the people begin to notice or understand that what Fidel was feeding you was a bunch of lies. When did that happen? From the very beginning. So he came in promising you all sorts of wonderfulness, free this, free that, you know, equality, all the beautiful stuff we kind of hear here nowadays. Um, but once he took power, uh, I guess when, 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 like immediately he just said, you know what? No, or what? Uh, this he, is what I think I want to understand. Yeah, he spent uh, a year or two years, more or less, uh, just getting uh, support from the Russians first behind everybody. So, okay, so, they were already supporting him without anybody knowing. And yeah. the U.S. was supporting him too. They didn't know? Uh, there is a picture of uh, Fidel Castro uh, when they arrived to Havana on top of the tank. Do you remember that photo? I don't think I do. Okay, it's a right iconic picture. Uh, he's on top of a tank uh, in uh, Maricon, actually. Okay. Uh, getting to Havana, and there are many people in the tank on top. You know how many are alive? None. <laughs> One. His brother Raúl. Oh. Uh, uh. The rest. Wow. And so your dad at some point understood that whatever yeah. it was Fidel was selling was just a bunch of hot air and it was a bunch of lies. Exactly. Uh, I think that the, the awakening of my uh, father happened in uh, Bahia de Cochines. When uh, he, he was uh, a radio telegraphist, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm hmm that was his profession, and he was in a small location, a key that is actually out of the island. <clears throat> and he was there in a house light, just uh, controlling the traffic and that kind of things. And he was a radio telegraphist. Right. That's what Bayel Cochino was actually there. He was there when, uh, yeah. yeah, when the Cubans arrived. And um, guess what? He he had his. Uh, uh, guns and everything, and happened that he was in an isolated small key. So <clears throat> they just uh, shoot him a couple of times, nothing relevant. And he was not able to actually get in a real combat. But right. what happened after was so terrible what yeah. uh, the regime did to these uh, Cubans that they tried to uh, free Cuba was terrible, was terrible. And I think after uh, that happened, he quit everything. Oh, wow. So well, this is what did it for him. <clears throat> well, you know, we could sit here probably for about two, three hours, 
you know, and we could discuss everything we've gone through. I think Angel will probably uh, bring you on uh, another time, um, and we could probably just uh, continue all this conversation on Cuba, you know, but we've, we're kind of running into a little bit of a time constraint today, you know, but uh, we could catch up on this. I mean, I want to tell you, thank you for coming on. Um, you've given us insights. Amazing wealth of information. And you learn something new every day. And, and, and again, Frank and I are, are, are Cuban. Uh, and again, even though we're born here, we only know so much. We only hear stories. So the more we have exposure to people who lived it, hey, um, it's, it's amazing. And I still want to get into the story about you in the military. You got to come back. <laughs> hey, but look, 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 true story. <laughs> True story. When I was in the army out here, I um I was stationed in Texas, and Carlos says that we're Cuban, right? Well, l- let me tell you what happened to me, real quick. I'll tell you, hard. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'm gonna tell you what happened. I um I went. We we drove to Mexico. All right, and then on the way back, we had you know we had to cross the border. My dumbass. Because I got used to saying all my life that I was Cuban. When I hit the border, the customs official goes to me, oh, what are you? I'm like, oh, I'm Cuban. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. My uncle, my uncle, God bless his soul that he was there. Okay, my uncle was Cuban. You know, he was born in Cuba. All right, but if you were to look at him, he looks white. And my uncle goes, hey, Dubby, you're American. You're not Cuban. Do you not realize where you're at? And I was like, oh, damn. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm American. Here's my military ID. Here's this. Here's that. You know, so that's one of those things where we, we're American. We're Cuban by blood. It, it runs through us. You know? I, I, I do have one final question, and this is actually – not serious at all. We're just to take it to a lighter note, but Angel is a Cuban in Canada, and I have to ask this question. Angel, one thing that Americans like to, you know, everyone's always got their theories, their little conspiracy theories. And so there's been uh, internet memes and pictures and all that, assuming or or thinking that Justin Trudeau is actually Fidel's kid. Is that true? (laughs) What do you you say? Do you want to know? Sure. I mean, I've seen the side-by-sides, and I have to say they look a lot alike, but... (laughs) I can can put uh, my both hands there. Yeah. He is. Wow. <laughs> I, can, I can put my both hands, and if I'm losing, I can lose my both hands. He's the son of Fidel. He's the son of Fidel, huh? I mean, you got Frank, have you seen those side by sides of Fidel and Justin Trudeau? Yeah, the pictures. I don't um, I, I don't know. I don't think Frank, I have. Just, just Maybe I have. Yeah. Okay, get, get uh, Trudeau's father, okay? And put Castro in one side and put Justin Trudeau in the middle. Yeah, he looks nothing like his dad. Nothing like his dad. I've seen, I've seen his dad's picture. It's a famous picture of uh, Miss Trudeau 
with Fidel Castro. Right. Like this. Yeah. Looking at his face. Yeah. I, I'm a man. If a woman look at me with these eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I had to ask. I said, wait a minute. This man's in Canada. I, 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 I <laughs> if, a, if a woman look at me with these eyes. I think Frank's looking at those pictures now. Frank. <laughs> so there is uh, something that I would like to say. I know, guys, that uh, my time is over. Yeah, right. we're pretty much done, but yeah, I just okay. figured let me end it on a light note and ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can, you can bet. Uh, many people actually ask him to do a DNA test. That would be easy. If he's and, not, and he won't do it. Huh? And he won't do it. He won't do uh, it. He, won't, he said that he won't do it. He won't so, do it. Uh, when there is a confession of a part, you can remove the proof. So, there is already right. a confession. So I to, yes, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. So first, I would like to say uh, thank you, guys. Thank you for the opportunity of sharing uh, a little bit of history, uh, very personal, uh, but I think it's part of uh, the Cuba history that is not uh, known for uh, most of the people. So <clears throat> this is actually. Uh, Look for a Trudeau father. You will see that it's like <laughs> <laughs> not even not even close. Not even close. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, Frank. When you have, I mean, if you can do it really quick, that's fine. But if you look up Trudeau's quote unquote real dad, dude, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Angel, I hope you come back because I, I I did want to touch on your story about how you decided to take your status as a Cuban citizen to the extreme of insanity. And I'm going to leave it right there. I don't want to ruin the story. I definitely want you to come back for that. And I also hope you come back because <clears throat> we touched a little bit about how Cuba can get out of this mess. And I told yeah. you that last week on last week's episode, I just by looking at the Cuban scenario can only see bloodshed and civil war. And yeah. you were going to, not only you were going to elaborate on my on my thinking, and I think it's important for people to really understand how much of an uphill climb changing Cuba is going to be. So I hope you're here next week, um, and and I hope we can. Uh, yeah, Frank, Frank, look at that, Frank, look at that, dude, nada, nada. <laughs> there isn't an ounce of the only resemblance that those two men have is that they have eyeballs, nose, two arms. Just by the tie, by the tie, they look similar. The yeah, only that's it. He looks nothing like his dad. Bro. Evil, I'm going to tell you, watch <laughs> this. I'm going to end it on this note. Hijo de lechero. <laughs> you know, but look, Angel. <laughs> Okay, uh, I would like Angel, to say uh, Actually, it's Lechero Comandante. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I would like to say something. Uh, what's happening uh, in Cuba right now and what happened in this week is, is completely different. We are in a completely new situation. Uh, the regime is losing uh, the battle, I can tell you. And they will go for the only solution they can actually bring, and it's a civil war. 
So that's why uh, Cubans, we are asking for intervention. I'm actually asking for an intervention that will stop uh, this uh, terrible civil war that is brewing right now in Cuba. That's going to so, be a that's going to be a great conversation for for next week because that what you're saying involves so much and and it'd be great to just have a conversation with your thoughts and see how that goes. So I hope you come back. I hope you can make it back. Uh, we'll definitely touch uh, touch up on some of the things I mentioned, and this is definitely a good conversation because. I think you know you understand the Cuban system. You understand the layers, and and it'd be great to hear just just how much of a struggle this may this this would end up being. So, Angel, my greatest thanks to you for spending time with us. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the show or being on the show. Uh, Frank, any last words? Take it away. About my my famous last words, guys. You know what? <laughs> hey, Angel, thank you. Uh, thank you for giving us insights. Um, we're going to definitely do, do this again. All right. Um, like I've always said, you might agree with what we're speaking or you might disagree with what we're speaking. But at the end of the night and at the end of the day, Me we are too. speaking it real. <laughs> All right. We're always going to speak it real. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Adios. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Hi, my name is Zach LaPlante. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinion, to share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how would I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest, our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality. And their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, go to clovercrestmedia.com and get to recording today.